Today's Plugged In podcast is sponsored by Volvo Cars Canada. The Volvo XC40 Recharge is Volvo's first pure electric SUV. It's a powerful drive with no tailpipe emissions featuring more than 400 horsepower and up to 335 kilometers on a single charge. And the integrated Google OS will always keep you fully connected, even without your phone. It truly is an SUV designed for the city and the rest of the planet. Visit volvocars.ca to learn more. Welcome to the latest episode of Plugged In, a post-media podcast taking you down Canada's electric vehicle highway. I'm your host, Andrew McCready. Loyal listeners will recall that midway through last season, I had our good friend and EV expert Ken Bocor on the show to talk about the coming wave of all-electric pickup trucks. In the minds of many industry insiders, when EV pickups are embraced by Canadians, there is no looking back for the EV revolution. Well, we're back on that hot subject again this week, but this time we're talking with a truck expert to give us a bit of a different perspective on the electrification of the pickup. Namely, what are truck guys and gals' expectations, concerns, and hopes when it comes to replacing those big block engines with a battery pack? Whether it's wheeling an off-road rig over rough terrain or hauling trailers with a pickup truck, post-media driving's Matthew Guy is never far from something with four wheels and an engine. He's a proud member of the Automobile Journalists Association of Canada and an even prouder son of Nova Scotia. Thanks very much for joining us today, Matthew. Oh, thanks for having me today. So I've always made a point of trying to ensure this podcast serves a national audience, bringing in voices from, you know, all the provinces or as many as I can. But I have to say this is the first time that with, with myself in Vancouver and you in Nova Scotia, that we've got things covered coast to coast. So I'm quite excited about that, literally. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's a, a saltwater air on both ends of the conversation this time. Yeah, yours is always, I always find the East Coast, you can really smell it more. I, I find in Vancouver and BC, it, it's not as pungent. So I'm not sure. I guess it's the Atlantic and the Pacific. Yes, but your weather is generally better. So well, it evens yeah. out. <laughs> Okay, so before we get on to your expertise, which is trucks, pickup trucks, that kind of thing, I'd like to ask what was the first EV you ever drove? The first EV I ever drove was a Chevy Bolt in 2017. Um, I went up, that was when they had the Montreal, the, the E Pre, they had the, um, they had the Formula E up there that year. I, I think it was 2017. It was, yes. And so I decided to do a story. I thought, well, you know, I'll go and I'll watch the race and I'll drive home in an EV, right? And so we took the uh, we took the Chevy Bolt from Montreal to uh, Halifax. Wow, that's that's impressive. That's uh, that's quite. Most people drive an EV around the block for the first time, so you really put it to the test. What were your What were your impressions of that trip? Of the EV itself, I was shocked at how much it was like a normal car. You know, um, it didn't require a rethink or a rewiring of my brain on how to drive it or how to approach it or, or things like that. Um, there were, of course, differences. And that was the year that New Brunswick, um, New Brunswick Power put in their network of chargers, uh, right across the province. So it was the first year that you were able to do that drive. Um, 
and it was a learning curve. The biggest learning curve was that when you are plugged in and charging up your EV, of course, you're paying for the amount of time that you are plugged into the mains. Um, unlike a gasoline powered vehicle where you just pay for the amount of gasoline that you take from the pump. And you can stay at the pump for as long as you want. So it took a rewiring that once I get to 80% or so, I can unplug in from a time and money perspective. I'm better off just going that far. Right. Charging. Yeah. So that was, that was the biggest rewiring for me, not the car, the, uh, the recharging and the time and money, um, aspect of it in terms of how long I stopped and when I stopped. Yeah. And, and one thing, I mean, as you probably came to appreciate with an EV on a road trip is how, I mean, I won't say you're refreshed at the end of it, but it doesn't seem to be as jarring. It, you know, I don't know if it's the quiet running or the smooth running, but it just, I always find that I'm, I'm not as kind of exhausted maybe after a big road trip when I do one in an EV. Mm -hmm. I would, I would agree largely with that. There's, you hear the road noise, you hear things that are going on, you know, but you hear your music if you've got it on, but you don't have that internal combustion noise. And that is a big difference. So interesting, you mentioned the Formula E in Montreal. Um, I was there also. I Maybe we sat beside each other and didn't even know it. But um, <laughs> exciting on that news front is uh, this past week, Vancouver has just, um, Vancouver City Council approved overwhelmingly to host the Formula E race here next summer, 2022, the Vancouver E Prix. So um, what, what were your impressions of the race? I mean, obviously, the first time a race car fan sees an EV race, it's it's quite different. Absolutely different. And back then, I can't remember if they were changing packs or changing cars. They were changing cars that race. Halfway through, you jumped in another car, but that was the only season. So from then on, it's it goes the whole distance now. So that was different. Um, but just the sound of the vehicles themselves. I mean, it was like um, it, it was like Paul Bunyan sharpening an enormous knife when they would go <laughs> past. Just a just a big zzz. Yeah. And that really, as a gearhead, you know, you often think that, okay, there's not going to be any engine sounds. This is going to be pretty dull. But it was anything but dull because it was so different and so alien. And yet, you, and you could really hear the tires on the tarmac. I remember that as well. Yeah. It, it makes you realize in a, in a Formula One race, those, those tires are screaming, but because it's so loud, you never even hear them. So, uh, that was a big, that was a big impression of mine also was the, the sounds of the tires when they'd come into corners and, uh, great racing, tight racing, great drivers. So, uh, a, a really nice, uh, intro for, uh, for you into the EV world of racing. Before we get to, well, this is a pickup truck question. You also okay. drove and I don't want, other auto journalists to get upset here, but you've actually driven an F-150 EV. Tell me about that. <laughs> I have. Um, it was a, um, a kit that was produced by a company called Ecotuned in Montreal. And what they provide is the um, entire guts of, a, of an EV, so the engine and the um, battery pack and all those things. And they um, take out the oily bits of your F-150 and they replace it with um, with their creation you know to uh to turn it into a f-150 ev and at the time so that would have been a year after that i think that was 2018 in montreal and um the power it was around about the same amount of power that you would get from at the time um the base model v6 that you would get in the previous generation f-150 right right and Again, it was that that had a two-speed automatic, and again, just silent um, and really well done. All of the details, like in terms of there was nothing tacked on, 
Like there were no weird gauges, no wires sticking out, <laughs> right? And and I remember the um, uh, the person who uh, was one of the heads of the company there. He said that he wanted it to look very professional, and to the point where they even have the charging port was from I believe it was from the Fusion or from the Focus Electric, maybe from the Focus Electric, right? So that type of um, care put into the details lends you to believe that there was a lot of care into the development of the uh, of the EV governance as well. Now, when you got out of that vehicle and looked at it, did you think Ford is going to make one of these one day? <laughs> I thought they'd be silly not to make one of these one day, right? Um, and it's interesting because the cost proposition or the business case, I guess, for a uh, for a business owner, like say a contractor, or they, I believe, EcoTune sold a bunch to uh, Dorval. I'm sorry, Montreal Trudeau Airport. Um, the business case would be completely different because Ecotuned um, promotes these as universal and reusable, right? So if the body of your F-150 takes takes a hit and the powertrain's still okay, or if it uh, if it gets rusty or, well, the aluminum ones won't, but a few generations ago, you know, the F-150 could have, uh, the, the body could have got rusty or whatever. Um, so that's a completely different business case than buying a brand new electric Ford F-150, right? So, but yeah, getting out of that thing, I'm thinking, okay, there's plenty of space for batteries. There's plenty of space for motors. The Ford is definitely going to do something and we know that they are now. So it's pretty cool. You're a pickup truck guy. You know, they're huge sellers in Canada. There are a lot of pickup truck people in this country. What would you tell them? I mean, I'm sure many of them are skeptical. Um, about electric vehicles in general, and especially their to their cherished pickup trucks. How dare you put a battery in that? Why <laughs> yes. should they be excited about this prospect? I think that there's a whole world of opportunity out here um, for a different type of vehicle that is still going to fulfill the needs of the majority of pickup truck owners. Not everybody. Um for two reasons. One, if you're living in this, in, I'm from rural Newfoundland. Um, so if growing up in, in Tollingate, for example, there's not a lot of places to plug in, right? Your, 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 your F-150, there's not going to be a lot of, um, level three chargers there. Um, or if you are pressing your vehicle into really heavy towing over very, very long distances. So no, uh, you know, those are the types of things that people start talking about right away when they're, crying against an, an, an EV pickup truck. But for the majority of people, if you take someone, I don't know, I mean, what, 52% of statistics are made up half the time. Um, if if a certain percentage of people, if all they do is haul air in their pickup truck, right, the majority of the time, and they drive a reasonable number of kilometers every day, an EV, a good EV can go, what, Andrew, 400 kilometers? You know, that's that's probably the standard right now. I think so. I mean, we haven't really seen the final specs on some of these, uh, the, the pickups that are coming in the next year or so, but I would guess that's probably going to be the case. It seems like you're not really, it's not really worth entering the, the arena of EVs now unless you do have 400 kilometers. Yeah. And that's for the majority of people, you know, who are living in, in urban ish areas. Um, 400 kilometers is a, is a, is a pretty good range. And the, way that the power is delivered from an electric motor is, I think it actually lends itself pretty well. 
you know, to, uh, to use in a truck because you've got all of that power, quote unquote, down low. Um, and it's ready to use as soon as you flex your big toe on the accelerator pedal. And for years, you know, we would praise diesel trucks. Oh, that's got all kinds of torque and it's available right off the line, right? So's an EV. <laughs> yeah, right? even, even more immediate, I would say. Agreed. Agreed. So I think, I think that those, I think that those would be some of the, uh, some of the main, some of the main advantages, I think, for an EV and why people should consider them. And, you know, going forward, EVs in general, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a gearhead. I've got a V8 muscle car in the garage that I love driving and, and EVs are going to permit us to enjoy those vehicles down the road. Um, not unlike when the car first showed up on the scene at the turn of the, of, of the 1900s did for the horse, right? I mean, now the Kentucky Derby is today, right? And, and, and right. And we can enjoy horses as, as the creatures that they are instead of, you know, for work. And, and perhaps that might happen with, um, you know, the big V8 Challenger that I've got out in the garage as well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that there is this kind of, um, um, all or nothing kind of, uh, specter that hangs over EVs that, and I don't, I mean, maybe in a hundred years just because yeah. of, of, but I always think there'll be a place for the, the combustion engine in some capacity and, and in certain parts of the world. So, um, but again, Canada being such a pickup truck place, it, this is a really interesting time simply because the pickup, the pickup of the pickup will be, uh, will be fascinating to watch. You mentioned earlier about the Dorval airport, obviously a work truck. Yep. A lot of people own pickup trucks for their work. Yes. How does an EV fa factor into that? Do you think? I think that there's, if you look at the, um, the name escapes me right now with the Bollinger, um, the big square one. One of their killer apps that they keep showing um, is the ability to open it up from, from both ends, to use an old Dodge tagline. Um, but this is literally, right, because you can flip open the front and you've got your trunk there. You can, of course, open up the tailgate. And you've got a clear shot all the way through the truck for cargo. And whether it's a solution like that or what Rivian is doing with that kind of trunk-like thing that's just behind the cab, that runs the full width of the truck. It's and who knows what Ford is going to do with their F one fifty? Might we be able to store stuff under the under the hood? A frunk, a frunk on the truck? Who knows? It's going to open up a ton of options for cargo for people, and whether that's for the person who's hauling stuff for construction, or it's the family that's going to Costco and doesn't want to leave all of their stuff out in an open bed, right? When they go to the next. Uh, to the next set of shops, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna create these new options, right? Yeah, this whole this whole skateboard thing, which is the platforms that the architecture, the chassis architecture, is essentially flat. So if there was one vehicle segment kind of made for that, it seems like it is a pickup truck. Designers just must be kind of having a blast, thinking, "Wow, as you say with Bollinger, that that's kind of a mind blowing concept." It is right. Put a ladder, put a ladder all the way through, or or you know, long lumber. Mm -hmm. So, so, and obviously too, I mean, I, th I think of it as, I mean, I know guys that are carpenters and things we're paying a buck 52 right now, a liter for gas in greater Vancouver. That's a huge expense on their bottom line every year is fuel, right? So here's another place where, where the appeal of a, of a work truck that's all electric is, is, is there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, um, the maintenance costs over the life of the vehicle are surely going to be 
quite different uh, compared to an internally combusted vehicle. So that's very appealing, I would say, to the person who is counting the counting the dollars to the uh, to the accountant in the in a business. Sorry, another big segment of pickup trucks is off roading, right? Yeah, taking taking it off road. So so for the for those guys and gals who love to get their trucks dirty, <laughs> EVs they'll think, oh, I'm going to get stuck in the woods. I'm going to get halfway out. I'm going to ha- run out of power. And I'm going to get stuck. Um, yeah. That's a possibility. You could run out of gas too. But uh, exactly. what would you, in a conversation with an off-roader, what would you tell them about an EV for as an off-roader? I would mention to them, looking at Jeep right now, for example, with the Wrangler 4xe, I, I know that's not a purely electric vehicle. Um, that That is a plug-in. But for example, they are offering, they just, uh, they just announced a, a lift kit for that machine and i don't know but the, they they say it's one of the if not the first lift kit for a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle <laughs> ever offered and you know save for the person who uh you know hacked up a prius and put it on an old blazer chassis it probably is right yeah yeah <laughs> and i i think that i think that the cart and the horse are going to appear roughly at the same time. You know, some, sometimes we're, we, we think about putting the cart before the horse or vice versa. Yeah. But I think they're going to appear roughly at the same time because Jeep has put a lot of thought into this for off-roading in the in an EV. And they're talking about, and they've got the pictures out there of the um, um, level three charging stations in key areas. I know this is in a in, in America, like near the, um, near, near the Rubicon and name escapes me right now, Moab. Um, they've, they've either put them there or they're going to put them there soon, right? So, again, you if you plan, if you plan it right, you know, you, you're not going to run out of fuel when you're on an off-road trip. And if you plan it right with an EV, you're not going to run out of juice either. You know, we do camping, logging roads in BC and things. You know, you go into the middle of nowhere in the bush and, you know, set up camp somewhere by a creek. What what's intriguing to me is you're going to have this massive energy source with you. I mean, you can always bring a generator and run gas, but I mean, this quiet battery is going to be beside you. So that opens up the possibility of plugging in things and, you know, having kind of appliances going at your campsite off your vehicle. It really does. And I am very excited. Again, I know that the um, uh, F-150 with the power boost is not a pure electric vehicle, but I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, in person one of those um generators at 7.2 kilowatt that is in the back of one of those things you can power all kinds of stuff with that that's just such end of it opens all kinds of doors and and you got to think they're going to do something similar with the f-150 ev that they're going to come out with i i mean that'll probably show up in calendar year 2022 based on things that we've seen and and things that the marketing department have been coming out with dripping and dripping out the scattered <laughs> picture right yeah, yeah. and that's I, I mean you've mentioned other ones you've mentioned the bollinger um or the rivian i'm sorry um you've mentioned the jeep four by three but you know getting back to what i said about um pickup adoption the ford f-150 for millennia has been the top selling vehicle in canada so obviously the ford f-150 ev is going to be the real kind of statement truck it seems um it's going to be one that's obviously going to be available across the country through four dealerships which are everywhere so what what's your expectation when that thing comes out i mean is there going to be a lot of tire kicking or do you think guys and people are just going to buy this thing and go for it it's definitely going to be the vehicle that's going to um 
one of the these vehicles, the 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 EV pickup trucks from these major manufacturers, they're going to be the ones that are going to drive acceptance of EV in the pickup truck market. Right. Um, you you'll have your um, for lack of a better term, fringe players like Rivian and 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 Bollinger and and whoever else might come along with their low um, volume production vehicles. And so it's going to be the ones like the F-150 EV that are going to drive acceptance in this market. Um, and there will be some acceptance, whether it comes from uh, the person who's, um, I guess, a bit of an early adopter who, who would who would buy this type of pickup truck for their family because they know that, okay, 400 kilometers of range and all of these cool new toys that are in here that I can show off at the campground when I tow my camper up and uh, show it off to my buddies, right? Because that, that's, that's worth something, too, to truck buyers. Um, if I have something on test that's new, um, even when Ram came out with the new 12-inch screen, right? Um, that was So truck people are very, very um, into having the newest and latest. I, in my experience, from people to whom I've spoken, and just my own <laughs> bit of pride as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We, we we do like having the, the, the latest toys. So that will be part of uh, the uptake. And the other part will be, as 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 we said, there are people who are counting pennies at a at a municipality or yeah, we'll at speak, an airport. I mean, speaking of pennies, though, these things aren't going to be cheap, right? I mean, that you're not going to a work guy's not going to be able to get a twenty five thousand dollars stripped down electric F-150. Um, you know, they're going to be, I don't know, I'm guessing eighty thousand. Reasonable. What is the um, Hummer price at? Uh, six figures, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it right? is just touching six figures. So, but but then on the other hand, I mean, you kind of look at these these a lot of pickup trucks. I mean, they're luxury price cars almost, right? They're they're sixty. To, they they start at sixty. Some of these the Lariats and things. So it's not like it's not like the pickup driver, the pickup owner is averse to a big ticket. Um, but these still will be more obviously than their gas counterparts. Yes, and and that's car companies. They, you know, they they've been designing these things, and there's a ton of R and D behind them. So there's definitely there's definitely the the need to charge a certain amount, and there's also the I suppose the pecking order of 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 things as well, <laughs> right? I do like the thing that I do really like what Ford has done, and I hope that they do this with the EV as well. Is that you can you can get the power boost in just about any trim. Right, you don't have to pop for the uh, um, for the platinum or the limited in order to get that that technology. Um, so I wonder if the EV will be something similar, or if it will be a one trim type of vehicle. My guess, just from from what you see, what other EVs coming out, my guess would be they'd come out with one. Um, but then over time, as the years go by, um, they'll they'll, as you say, offer all their packages. Because again, like you mentioned, truck people like to stand out or like different things and like to get certain trims. So um, I think that's well in the wheelhouse of an F-150 EV, which, I mean, if readers of driving.ca found out a couple of days ago, the F-150 EV is going to be called the Lightning. Yes. Now, now that's interesting, isn't it? Because it really there, there has been an F-150 Lightning. It's a great name for an EV, by the way, but it's not a new name for the F-150. No, no, and that showed up in 1993, I think, um, on the uh, on a very powerful, well, at, for the time, very powerful 5.8 liter um, creation by the Skunkworks SVT, 
um, there at, at, at Ford for a performance vehicle. And then they had it in the next generation F-150 as well. So, and I like the, 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 the picture that they've been releasing lately with that glowing, glowing staple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the front of the F one fifty. That's I'm I'm excited to see what it actually looks like. Right. And there is some irony to the fact that the name Lightning was associated to a V eight monstrous gasoline car and now it's gonna be their E V. So uh I'm sure some Ford forums are already going on about that. No doubt. No yes. doubt. <laughs> So I'd be remiss when we talk pickup trucks um, and EVs. Uh, the Tesla Cybertruck. Yeah. Give absolutely. me your give me your thoughts on that one. Whew. It's 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 the is it actually going to look like that Tesla Cybertruck? You know, um, I don't think there's any question that Tesla is going to come out eventually, right, with some sort of pickup truck. They'd be silly not to, um, given the number of pickup trucks that are sold in the land. Um, but is it actually going to look like that? <laughs> is, is, is my big, is my biggest question. Um, just thinking about passing, you know, um, pedestrians, uh, regulations, you know, for those types of things, um, will it be watered down? You, 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 I'm sure you're familiar with the meme where it's like, Oh, um, the kid says, Hey, can we have something at home? And the mom says, Oh yes, no, we've got that at home. And then the thing that's at home is nothing like what the kid wants. <laughs> right. So I, right. So if the Cybertruck is going to look similar to what they showed in, well, 2017, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's it has a long been. time. Wow, it has been. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I hope it's not too, it either needs to be completely different from what it is or look very, very similar to what they've shown. Um, not, not kind of a melted version of what they showed on stage that time. Right. I mean, in some of the analysis I've re read about it, um, in terms of the pickup market, which as you say, is a really important one for any serious automaker to do well in is the Tesla Cybertruck as shown would only appear to Tesla people. It's not the truck part. So would a guy or a girl with an F-150 see the Cybertruck and go, boy, I got to get one of those? Or is it just too polarizing? Is it just too out there? I'm not sure if uh, Walter, who lives next door, who's got a Sierra right now, is going to go and plop down money on a Cybertruck as an, as an example, right? Um, but some, you know, some of my friends who are techies um, and have, always followed Tesla ever since the very first Roadster. Um, you know, they've, they've plunked down their $100 deposit. And as I say, that seems to be what the appeal is. It's not so much the Cybertruck part of it, it's the Tesla part of it. That's And Tesla is, is a, for some, an aspirational brand. Right. Right? Right. So once, uh, you know, once that happens, the conversation changes greatly. Yeah. Um, do you think without the Cybertruck being shown so infamously as it was a few years ago that we'd be seeing the GMC Hummer, the Silverado EV, the Ford F-150 EV this quickly? Or do you think the executives in Detroit watched that and went, holy cow, they're going after our bread and butter. We got to do something. That's, that's a very astute question. And I think there is some truth there is at least a kernel of truth that someone in the glass towers in Detroit and the other places uh, sat up and took notice and was like, oh, <laughs> we need to. They probably already had stuff on the go, but whether we would have seen it as quickly 
as we have. I I don't think so. Right, because because so. to that point, Tesla was was cannibalizing the the German luxury brands. It was leaving the the domestics alone, wasn't it? And then suddenly that happens, and it's like holy! It's it's I, I kind of think of back when the Volkswagen Beetle came here in the sixties, and everybody discounted it, all the big guys, and then suddenly, it, it, you know, surprise, surprise, people wanted small little urban cars all of a sudden. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in your mind. Um, I mean, talking about pickups or just in general, you obviously have, I mean, you have a knowledge in all, all facets of the automotive world. What, what do you think is the signal in Canada that we're at a tipping point for EV adoption? I think that the infrastructure for charging them is one of the main questions that I get whenever I'm driving an EV, um, down in this neck of the woods, at least. So some of the, the, the tipping point, I think, for many will be the availability of charging i think and whether whether you put an actual number on that i'm not sure um but once people are more comfortable that they're going to be able to charge this thing up that'll be that'll be a pretty good tipping point um i would like to say we are there with range for a lot of people that 400 kilometers is pretty comfortable for a lot of folks so i think that being able to charge up and have the car ready to go when you need it will be will be the tipping point. And we're getting there in a lot of parts of the country. Um, there's still, you know, of course, there's always going to be pockets of the country. Canada is so big that EVs are not going to be right for every single person uh, in the uh, in the land. But in you know certain pockets of the of of the country where it makes sense, as long as there's enough places to plug in, that'll be. Uh, That'll be when it starts to take off. That's Matthew Guy, truck expert, and the best accent we've had on this show so far. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. That was great. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Doesn't Matthew's accent just make you want to jump on a plane and head to Atlantic Canada? As much as I've been interested in the growing adoption of electric vehicles in Canada... The availability of electric pickup trucks, particularly from the Fords, GMs, and Rams of the world, is going to be fascinating to watch. Will hardcore truck owners embrace the electrification of their beloved pickups? Or will they channel Charlton Heston and say they will give up the combustion engine when you pry it from their cold, dead hands? Matthew Guy is a bona fide pickup truck guy, and he sounds pretty excited about the prospect of plugging in his truck. And I think, while there, of course, there will be naysayers, the electrified pickup truck is going to be a big part of the EV revolution in Canada. One last note about Matthew. I'm delighted to announce he will be the host of a new post-media driving podcast dedicated to all things truck. Look for it soon on driving.ca and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's it for this episode. Much thanks to my guest Matthew Guy, producer extraordinaire Dar Makwana, and you for joining me on another electrifying journey down the EV highway. We always welcome your comments and criticisms via email at pluggedin at postmedia.com. For your dose of all things automotive, be sure to check out driving.ca, where you'll find the best in breaking news, videos, and reviews. Check out the site's comparison tool for head-to-head -head shopping, and sign up for the Blind Spot newsletter, delivered to your inbox every Saturday morning, and featuring a roundup of the past week's most important and most entertaining automotive news. And speaking of newsletters, check out the new FP Energy newsletter, which arrives in your inbox each Wednesday and features exceptional coverage of Canada's energy sector, including renewables and electric vehicles. 
Subscribe for free at financialpost.com slash newsletters. Be sure to subscribe to Plugged In wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll also be able to listen to all the episodes from seasons one, two, and three.